0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John, and that's Ian. What's up? And today is J- July, not June, July 5th. Happy 4th of July, by the way. You're gone. What's up? So, where the heck has this year gone? I know. It's been whew, crazy. Yeah. You've also been out in the wilderness several weeks, so.
1: Very true. Yeah. Very true.
0: And this is episode 63, uh, titled So You're Going to Your First
1: Pre-Release. Yeah. Uh, so this weekend is the hour of devastation pre-release. So we figured we might as well give some pointers and stuff like that. Yeah, just in case there's
0: those, those of you who are listening who have never gone to a pre-release and you're thinking about this might be might be a good time to go, um, or maybe you have a friend who's going to their first pre-release and you go, hey, you should listen to this episode and you know we'll talk about you know what you need to expect going to your first pre-release because it can be daunting going to your first uh, organized play event being a pre-release but pre-releases are a lot of fun um Ian and I have done plenty
1: oh Uh, man uh, yeah no it's also it's also one of the best ways to actually start getting involved with paper uh kind of like active events and uh organized playthings. just because it's kind of geared towards that friendly competition but like nothing super serious is on the line with it yeah And uh, before we get into that, we do
0: want to talk, one, about one kind of thing that we didn't really touch on last week, but uh, a lot of the information for the various Nationals tournaments are going live, and specifically relevant for the two of us. We live in the United States. The info for United States Nationals went live. Uh, It's being run by Card Titan out out at the Richmond Convention Center in Richmond, Virginia, or the Greater Richmond Convention Center. Um, registration is 75 bucks. Uh, you get a playmat, uh, promo card, which is Ink Moth Nexus. Nice. Uh, (laughs) a bunch of sleeves, a deck box, uh, life pad and pen by all from Card Titan. Uh, U.S. Nationals is a two day event. Um, the Saturday is four rounds of standard followed by three rounds of draft. And then Sunday is three rounds of draft followed by two rounds of standard followed by a cut to top eight. Um, unlike most two-day events, which are basically Grand Prix and Pro Tours, uh, there is no cut between day one and day two, which was a question that a
1: few people had when, when Nationals was announced. So that may be relevant. It may not be relevant. We don't know. Your mileage may vary also depending on country and tournament organizer.
0: Yeah. Um, but this is one of the first, you know, that's one of the first non-invite only multi-format events. So if you are, well, I guess pseudo us nationals is kind of invite only you have to have 500 planeswalker points as of last year to be eligible for the united states and that number is that threshold is different uh depending on what country you're from what's funny i don't even think i made the threshold last
1: year (laughs) i had a few friends who were like 10 points short or whatever i might have i just let's see here uh nope not, not nearly enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, John, and I pulled up our Planeswalker points page, which is something you will get once we talk. A little, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, slightly. Uh, basically, no. yeah. Basically, Planeswalker points are what you get for participating in organized play. You
0: get points when you win matches or when you participate, and then for different events, there's
1: multipliers which give you more Planeswalker points. Uh, it's weird we we were just calculating math out because there's a threshold for getting a buy in the US Nationals that is 4000 planeswalker points. Now, to give you an idea, if you go to a Grand Prix and you go 15 and 0, so the natural 15 and 0, no buys or anything like that, the most ignoring you can get the top off top 8 matches. Of, ignoring top 8 matches is 15 and 0 in the Swiss. That's 360 points. It's not easy to get that many planeswalker points to, no, a, especially in a year. Yeah. And the year is the count, cal- the quote unquote calendar year for this is uh, between basically May 29th of this year and May 28th of 2018. So, which is this year's threshold. Last year's was,
0: um, I think it was May 30th of 2016. But, anyways, point being, that's a lot, that's an absurd number.
1: Yeah. It's other countries are like a lot lower. Other countries would be like, in the thousands, which uh, John, were we saying a Grand Prix buy threshold is thirteen uh, hundred?
0: So for one buy at a Grand Prix, you have to get thirteen hundred Planeswalker points in the like rolling year. That's on my end. It's kind of storming here in Nashville. Oh, um, it's, it's like a thunder. rolling. It's like a rolling year. So like you look at last year's points, and then it also counts this year's points, and that's how you get a buy.
1: It's rolling. Weirding. Rolling thunder. <laughs> E.
0: yes i would pack one pick one that card yeah but that's basically the stuff for u.s nationals for, the, for those of us in the u.s i'll put a link in the doobly doo below i'll also include a link to just the, the general nationals page which will have more information if you are outside of the united states because
1: there are a lot of magic players who don't live in the u.s but how do you get planeswalker points well if you're going to your first pre-release congratulations you are going to get your very first planeswalker points for the event just for showing up
0: yep uh, when you get to the store, they will give you a DCI number if you do not already have one, which is the Duelist something something.
1: I, dualist, I can never remember what it stands for. Duelist Convocation. Also? I don't is know. It on they it the they don't even they don't even really like use the DCI like actual thing anymore. It's just literally DCI now. Yeah, it's yeah. They don't I even suppose. mention they don't even mention what it stands for on the DCI card. I'm looking at mine right now. I just pulled mine out just to make sure that I wasn't going mad. Um, it was,
0: it basically, it was the rules governing body in the olden days, and now Wizards kind of is the DCI. And Anyways, uh, but you go to the event, you win some matches, you get some Planeswalker points. They're largely just ephemeral objects that you only care about if you are trying Rude. to be the best of the
1: best. Yes. But, so, first thing first, pre-release. John, what's a pre-release? A pre-release is exactly what it says. It's
0: a pre-release. Now, our devastation officially launches on uh, July. Th- that would be fourteenth. Fourteenth, will officially really launch July fourteenth. But this weekend, the eighth through the ninth, is the pre-release. So before any anyone is able to sell booster packs or sell singles um, or like be able to even hold event using our devastation cards, we have the pre-release. Which is literally the first chance that anyone outside of Wizards has to get their hands on the product. Ignoring the pre-pre-release. Because that's special.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just pre-pre-release. Now, exactly. So, um, when you go there to get to the event, you basically will get a bunch of cards. Uh, but everyone's getting their hands on it the first time. So, the pressure's a little off on it. But, the most important thing is picking an LGS... So knowing where your local game store, which is LGS, is and what time they're hosting it is paramount because you don't want to show up to the wrong one. I've done that before. <laughs> I did it last year for Eldritch Moon pre-release. Basically, what ended up happening is I booked a pre-release online, which some game stores will, with uh, Mox Boarding House. and Now it's just Mox Boarding House across the board, but it used to be Card Kingdom or Mox Boarding House. So Card Kingdom is over towards... Uh, Ballard, which is just north of the downtown area of Seattle, and Mox Boarding House is in Bellevue, which is across a lake. I accidentally booked a Mox Boarding House, went to Cart Kingdom. I was about 25 minutes away and realized, five, like not even five minutes before the pre-release, oh, I'm in the wrong spot, because they didn't have my name when I went to go up to the register. Funnily enough, a friend of mine who judged at the other event was like, where's Ian? <laughs> She's not here And I was like, yeah, shame <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. All, pre, pre,
0: Local game stores will have Any number of pre-releases uh, Most usually have a midnight pre-release So set Friday night into Saturday morning Then they'll usually have like an afternoon and an evening one On Saturday and probably one on Sunday um, There are some local game stores That have, quote, Iron Man competitions If you're doing your first pre-release Don't do the Iron Man That's for like the people who like really care we like really the, care
1: we call them the the degenerates uh i've have gone full degenerate on a couple occasions way back in the day um when i was but a younger man and could actually handle playing five to six entire events in one weekend uh, i actually got a pretty cool door prize through lgs i was going to had a nice little side thing where if you played in all five that they hosted you got to pick a box that was one of the um, fat pack boxes and inside had a ticket that corresponded with an item and i won a premium deck series slivers thing it's an old thing look it up uh, basically the whole deck is foiled out um, and it was pre-packed stuff yeah. wizard doesn't make them anymore kind of goes for a decent bit of money so i played five events and basically made my money back right on that it was fun yeah. That's it. And- try picking one and i would highly recommend if this is your very first one Pick one of the noon-ish ones, probably on yeah. Saturday. That's like the most popular one. Yeah, doing yeah. doing magic tired,
0: like at midnight is you know fun and exhilarating because it is as soon as your store is physically able to offer the event. Um, but it, can, it you can get a little it can get a little hairy when you're getting
1: home at six a.m. Yeah, and that's another thing you want to take into account too. Get plenty of rest before you go. Also, I highly recommend eating. Because you never know how long your rounds are going to go. And being a new player, you're probably going to go to time in the round, which is 50-minute rounds. One thing you also want to take into account, and like John just said, you might be only playing four rounds at your game store, but it can go six hours. Uh, highly recommend checking ahead with the store that you're going to to see how many rounds. So most usually do four rounds of Swiss pairings, uh, which are basically... If you're one and one, oh, you get paired against other people who are one and oh, unless you're tiebreakers. It's kind of weird. Basically, Our, you're going to get paired against people with similar records to you. Yeah. It could go six rounds. If it goes six rounds, that's going to be like eight hours of magic. Because remember, you have you get an hour. I mean, I just remember it's your first one. You get an hour to build your deck once you first get there. Then you have time between the rounds where you might not have anything going on, where they have to wait for matches to finish up, pairings to get done. It's going to take a while. plan accordingly, make sure you set out a nice chunk of your day for this.
0: Yeah, this is not a oh, we're gonna you know stop by and you know hang out for two hours. This is more of a full a full day commitment almost. Now, you can just go play two rounds and say, look, I'm good. I think it's time we're gonna go on and do other things with our day. we have errands to run or whatever. And that's really cool. Pre-releases are the perfect place where you, the perfect time to kind of jump in, play a few rounds, and if you need to leave, you can leave. Um, there's no there's not gonna be no one's gonna like look down on you no one's gonna be like what are you doing
1: there's no penalties for it either yeah
0: this is pre-releases are meant to be kind of casual and meant to be you know they're pre-releases they're supposed to be fun
1: they're a very welcoming event for newer players Um, yeah like we're saying it's a great place to start so what do you do before you go we've already mentioned figure out where and when you're gonna go you also might wanna look at the cards ahead of time. The Full Set Card Image Gallery, which we will post a link in the show notes, is online. Also, there are amazing other resources out there. Funnily enough, they mostly involve certain people like in the community, like Louis Scott Vargas. He has written guides for Channel Fireball. Uh, we'll put the link to one of the starter ones. I think white and blue are out at this point. I believe so, I'll check to th- see if black's up. There's, there's at least two guides out so far. Uh, as of recording, does, it as may change in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> he does uh, ones for every color, as well as artifacts and lands. Uh, also, he does a podcast with limited resources. They have it hasn't gone live yet, but we'll put a link to their site, LRcast. And they usually do the commons and uncommons before the pre-release, and the rares and mythic rares uh, set review will go up next week before the actual release weekend draft. Yeah.
0: Uh, and CFE Black is up as of time of recording. Um, Red might go up in between now and then. I wouldn't expect it, though.
1: Usually goes up in the morning. Yeah. But now, yeah, one, one, one per day the week bef- leading up to a pre-release. So in the future, you can look forward to that kind of stuff. There's also plenty of other content creators out there that make them. I just point towards LSV stuff because he's got puns. They're really well done. And it's, like, top quality if you're yeah, looking Yeah, Louise for is in the Projo of- Hall of Fame for a reason. So yeah, if you're looking for that kind of top-tier evaluation, at least—and it and he makes it very accessible to not only older players, but also very well done for newer, newer players as well.
0: And the big thing that I want to stress is that you don't need to have an encyclopedic knowledge of the cards and their interactions before the pre-release. That's my job. I'm an L1 judge. And I'm going to be judging the pre-releases this weekend. I need to have an encyclopedic knowledge of the cards and know how the rules interact with various cards— it is so that if people ask me a question, like say, "Hey, I attacked with my Kenra Eternal that has Afflict. I gave it Trample. and My opponent blocked. How much damage did they take?" Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah.
1: Okay, so basically also- the
0: point the point is you need to know kind of roughly what the cards do, roughly what the mechanics do, but you don't need to be the expert. You don't need to like know every little interaction. Yes, the CFB articles and the LR podcasts are great. Um, but I th- I tend to use those more for people who are looking to get more serious at, at
1: pre-releases, not necessarily for your first time. Also, I know the we've already mentioned it, Loading Ready Run did the pre-pre-release event last weekend. They actually have a very nice, succinct little uh, judge set portion at the very beginning. We'll probably put a link to the actual time code stamped YouTube uh, link in the show notes as well. But their judge, Serge goes over all the mechanics in the set that are relevant that you would need to know about. It's a great way to get just a brief little snippet of like hey, what does this do kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Surge is my life goals for being a judge because
1: Surge just does everything in just just the right way. He's he's so easily approachable when it comes to all this stuff. Yeah. Surge is a great guy. Yeah. That said, just do some light reading up on the uh, effects and potential keywords in the set. Take a look at some of the cards so you get familiar with what you might be opening up. There's a lot of resources out there. Highly recommend just at least glancing at some of them so you know what to grab or at least have an idea of what might look fun. If you don't know what you're looking at and it's all Greek to you, find a friend if you have a friend that can help like tell you what it is and like, hey, that's good for this reason or eh, that's not that great of a thing.
0: On the other hand, if you want to go in blind, go for it.
1: There are, I done of, a, <laughs> there are so many people that just go in blind. They want to have the very first time they look at these cards be when they're opening their packs or like their, their, their opponent plays a the card. They're like, oh my gosh, what's this? There are some players that are going to get every possible advantage and people make little guides for all sorts of like what kind of combat tricks are going to be out there. It's it, People get deep on pre-releases more so than you kind of need to be but those are the people who are, you know... Really trying to just grind out those wins as best they can.
0: That's who just we go. call tryhards. <laughs> Kinda, <laughs> which, which I admit to... I am a tryhard.
1: Oh God, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 really hard to like kind of pull up on the stick, be like, no, 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 you don't have to do all of this. Just just go have fun. But no, seriously. kind of as
0: an example, um, Ian and I are in a uh, in a Discord chat with a bunch of my local friends, and we actually had a hour of devastation testing meeting where we talked about all the cards and made our list of top five commons in each color. Well, you and made guys a spreadsheet. Did. You guys did. I didn't do kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure you did. Anything. I was I there. You you were yet. doing things over in Seattle because you're far away. But we did, as I did, I mean I did, and like you don't have to take it that seriously, and that's fine.
1: That's it's so totally okay. Another thing you might want to do beforehand is check out the local area. Like I mentioned, eating very important. But you're also going to want to eat during the event. Now, it's a six hour event usually, like minimum kind of thing. If you have time between the rounds, say you win really quickly or you lose really quickly or you have 30 minutes left to do whatever and you had a nice back and forth on both sides, you might want to go grab some food. Do a quick Google search before you get there. Find some places that might be within like walking distance or a quick little hop in your car, go get some like, takeout or whatever or drive through and then come bring it back. A lot of game stores will let you eat. You just kind of like got to stay away from the play area. Yeah. Check also, also check lo- with your game store about that kind of thing too, because they have each one has its own rules. Also, local game stores tend to sell
0: snack food. So they'll have like chips and soda on hand. But yeah. for a meal, you'll need to
1: go out usually you'll need to go outside of it. Now you can bring your own snacks. Yeah. I definitely recommend that. So supplies, what do you need to bring? John. Well, the first thing you need to bring is a life pad and a pen.
0: Or some sort of way to keep track of life that is physical enough that's not D twenties. Yeah, so because are... every, pre-release, every pre-release kit comes in with a spin-down D20. And to put it one way, I was judging the Ether Revolt pre-release, and I had a life-total discrepancy because one player wasn't keeping track of life, and one player was keeping track of life using D20s. And it was really hard to figure out, you know, who was right, who was wrong. And one player said, the other player, you know, changed their life total when they meant to change their opponent or change their opponent's life total when they meant to change their life total. It just use pen and paper. It just makes thing everything easy.
1: There's also an assortment of apps out there. Um, My personal preference is the life linker app. Uh, The guys at the command zone help design this app. If you happen to follow a bunch of content, particular content creators have special unlock codes that you could potentially use. I don't know how, I don't know if they're still unlockable on some of the ones that are out there, but Either way, it's a great little app to use. I like. I highly recommend making sure your opponent is tracking life and you're tracking life of both yourself and your opponent. I personally like to verify. Uh, so if any kind of damage happens in a turn, at the end of each, at the end of a turn, if damage occurred, I'll be like, okay, so I've got you at 17 and I got me at 16. Which is and just I good. It's just a good practice to have. And I don't and I don't proceed to the next part, like next turn. Say if it's their end step, I don't proceed to my own turn until I get like, uh, uh, yeah, uh huh, okay, acknowledgement from my opponent.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, something that's that has gone on fire in the local area here in Nashville is boogie boards, Ooh, not yeah. the not the boogie boards you take to the beach, uh, but they're little like it's hard to describe them. They're basically tablets, but they own but the only thing that they have on them is like a screen that you can draw on, and then you can press a button to clear everything on it. Those it's have basi- gotten
1: way huge. It's basically a newfangled chalkboard. Basically. Without all the hassle. Yes. Another thing you want to have is die. So this will most likely people usually get just um, the most popular thing are the little, you'll see these players that have them, these little plastic uh, rectangles from a company called ChessX, and they are usually just a bunch of D6, so your normal standard dice. They'll use them as counters or other kinds of things. You roll first, you go first with them. All kinds of stuff like that. It's usually good to have some of them. You can pick a thing of them up for like a couple bucks. It's, it's something to have. Yeah. Play mat is optional. Uh, if you want to, they have them for sale there. If you have a friend who wants to give you a play mat, it's just a playing surface. You don't have to play on the table. Also, so you don't have to play on the table with your cards, especially if you happen to get a nice one. Sleeves.
0: Yeah, sleeves are—sleeves and playmats are entirely optional, and they're more of a aesthetic choice when you're playing. Um, whether you want to use the Junda playmat for when ready run, or you want to use one of, like, say you, you buy— I, th- I don't know what the playmat arts are going to be for Hour of Devastation, but I imagine, like, Locust God's probably one of them, or Nicobolus is one of
1: them. Yeah, they'll, they'll have— Those playmats, you can do that as well. Yeah, they'll have standard ones. Some stores have their own custom ones that they get a local artist to do. The thing about sleeves, and I particularly like sleeves regardless— um, some people just like, ah, oh, I just like to not use sleeves. If you get, when you're building your deck, uh, some of the things you'll need is lands. Um, if you obviously don't know what lands are, there's other resources I would highly recommend stopping here and going and finding a thing where they talk about the actual basics of playing the game. By the, but, the way,
0: there's a great series produced by Lone and Ready Run, hosted by Jimmy Wong on Magic's YouTube page, which I watched and highly recommend.
1: Yes. So, but with the lands, though, is most Game stores will have a thing called a land station where you don't have to bring your own lands. You can go there and grab some and use them. However, they are probably going to be beat up or nicked or potentially a different color than the cards that you're opening. So you might be able to tell which cards are lands and which cards aren't. It's not so much of a thing at a pre-release level, but it's kind of a good habit to start getting into, especially if you want to start playing more and more to kind of sleeve your cards so you can't really tell because some players think that's cheating and you could just be a brand new player not aware and people might be like oh you're cheating it's like i don't even know what's going on so
0: (laughs) yeah i would be very hesitant to call someone for marking cards which is what that would which is what that infraction would be um at a pre-release but it sleeves are generally just a good policy to have and plus you can get like 60 sleeves for 10
1: bucks not even, dude. You can get like a cheap pack of. The, oh yeah, more uh, like five. Ultra yeah. pros for like four or five bucks. It's, yeah, it's it's inconsequential, and it's a nice little thing to have. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: the lot we also mentioned uh, drinks and snacks, like water or Gatorade or whatever you want to bring. Uh, the last thing I would bring is a good attitude because we're here to have fun. Pre-releases are meant to be kind of relaxed. They're meant to be chill. They're not meant to be high stakes or whatever. So, come in with you know positive thinking, good attitude. And that will go a long way over the course of the event.
1: Oh, especially with a good attitude because being a new player, it's it's kind of a thing we have to mention. Losses are going to happen. Yeah. You'll win some. You'll lose some. When you're starting out, you'll probably lose more than you'll win some. It's a good thing to have a good attitude going in knowing that, hey, there are players who are I might be playing against, who are way better than me in terms of the fact that they've just been playing for a lot longer and they have a good, better handle of the game. Or they might have literally listened to every single podcast they could get their hands on, read four different paper reviews or typed up reviews of the set and have a little cheat sheet on what the guys are. Basically, they're a tryhard. Uh, you could go up against one of these guys who's trying to spike this event and go 4-0 and get as many packs as they can off the for prizes. And you're just there to learn the game and have fun. So don't feel bad if you lose, if somebody's giving you a hard time. Like we said, you're more than welcome to drop if if you find that it's not quite really going well for you or you don't feel comfortable at the store. Again, something to kind of mention, that game store you're going to might not be the right game store for you.
0: Yep. There's a lot of game stores usually in most areas. Granted, that can change depending on, you know... What type? Where, do you live in a big city? Do you live in more, a more suburban area? Do you live in a, in a rural area? So the number of LGSs could vary there. Um, but you know, don't hesitate to drop in if there are if there are things that aren't going your way. Talk to the staff, see if they have any if they have any suggestions, uh, and also talk, or talk to the judge because there's going to be a judge on site um, for most of the pre releases who is who is going to be whose job it is to make sure that you're having a good time and if and if they have any way that they can help you know make your experience better, that is what they're there for.
1: yeah, one thing also we should really touch on and mention is it sucks that we have to do this, but in the magic community, women or non- cis perk people have a tendency to get looked down upon or not even looked down upon just more kind of treated differently and poorly. If somebody is treating you poorly, this could be for a guy too if somebody's being Basically a dick to you. Do not hesitate at all to talk to a judge or the uh, game store owner. Granted, that might know who that person is. And if that's the case, bring it up with somebody else. Just keep bringing it up to somebody that, hey, don't take crap from people. Yeah. Just whatever you do, people are here to have fun. We're here to have a welcoming community. And the last thing we want is for somebody to be completely turned off the game because they just didn't feel comfortable enough bringing it up that, hey, excuse me, I'm not uncomfortable, or be like, I'm uncomfortable what you're doing right now. Also, some them mentioned in that kind of thing, if you're uncomfortable, some people have play mats or sleeves that might have some sort of derogatory uh, thing or be like one of those anime thing, or I don't know. What's the best way to describe that, John? Promiscuous art. There we go. If the art makes you uncomfortable, you can bring it up with a judge. I have seen it and I've seen people bring it up where like, "Hey, I've called a judge because I didn't particular I was uncomfortable with the playmat that my opponent was playing with." The judge asked the person, "Hey, can you please put your playmat away?" That's all it takes. It's very simple. Usually players will be accommodating. If they're not, then that's up to the judge and the game store owner to go about it from there. Basically, if
0: you feel uncomfortable, tell someone.
1: Period. End of discussion.
0: And if someone is continuing to be a dick, They'll probably get their Just Desserts,
1: so... Yeah, most likely they will be kicked out because the last thing that a game store owner will want is bad press and also for somebody to be harassed against. Plus, it's also wizard policy. It's policy yeah. from Wizards of the Coast to make sure that they have an inclusive and welcoming play environment.
0: Yeah, so that's that.
1: No. Yeah.
0: So, you're at the you're at the store. You're here for the pre-release. What's going to happen? Well... For this specific pre-release, you're going to be getting a little box. Inside will be a spin-down uh, D20 that we mentioned before, a insert that kind of gives you some tips on how to build a seal deck because that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be building a sealed deck. There's going to be six booster packs and a promo foil rare that is from the most recent set. Uh, this pre-release kit will have four hour devastation packs and two almond cat packs.
1: Yes, that's one thing you might also... We didn't touch on when looking at the cards... If you're just coming into this fresh, never played Magic before, and you look at Hour of Devastation cards only, you might be surprised at the cards that Amon Ket cards are going to be in there as well. Just give a look at those cards too, potentially. But the Hour of Devastation sure.
0: cards will be more important because there will be more plentiful. Correct. So.
1: But it's one thing to at least have an idea. Like we said, just have a general idea is usually a good thing. Um, just a once over is all you really need to start off with. So, John mentioned Sealed. So, Sealed is you take your cards 15 cards per pack you open up your six packs and you have to build a 40 card deck the insert will usually recommend something along the lines of a 23 spells 17 land split Uh, it's i would say highly recommended for beginner players to play at most two colors and try to avoid three or more you might like a couple cards in like three or four colors but try to stick to two it's going to be a lot easier to build a deck and you should be able to have a better time in terms of actually being able to play your lands and make sure you actually cast spells. Yeah, being
0: able to play Magic turns out to be to be
1: best when you're able to actually
0: play Magic. That said, if you have a Nicol Bolas, you can go the full Grixis. No one will look on. You, no one will down on you on you for that.
1: And Grixis, for those of you who
0: don't know, is red, blue, and black. For this pre-release specifically, not in general. Like Nicol Bolas Ooh. isn't in every set, but no, yeah. <laughs> The point I'm is there sure. that you want to be twenty three spells, seventeen lands, maybe eighteen lands if you really want to make sure you hit your land drops. But that's the main that's that's the main point.
1: Yeah, and if we say minimum forty card deck, you can play more. It's just kind of we highly encourage thing.
0: you to play forty cards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a better thing to play. Like the law of averages actually starts to fact be a factor. Like even with one or two extra cards in your deck, so. 40 cards is like kind of the tried and true number, especially in the twenty-three, seventeen land split is usually what you're looking at, unless you have a very aggressive deck. But we won't get out. into that. That gives into right. deck building help. We're not here
0: to help you build your seal deck. Exactly. Which, so. by the way, while you're building your deck, you can build whatever you want. If you want to play all your red cards and all your blue cards, you can do that. Uh, but this is a pre-release and sometimes you'll see a lot of people who will help their friends out or help other people out building their decks and if you if you start getting decision paralysis because you know you're opening six you're opening six packs of cards that's 14 cards that are relevant in each pack that's 82 cards i believe 84 cards 84 cards in each in all those packs that's a lot of cards to try to you know narrow down to 40 don't hesitate to call the judge over to help you build your deck or you know ask someone next to you if if they, you know, if they seem friendly or you're having a conversation with them, say, hey, uh, how do you think, how, what should I do here? Like, what card should I play? What card should I cut? And they will give, and they will generally give you good advice. Um, yeah. And if, and if someone gives you bad advice, someone else will point them out and just tell them, don't be a dick.
1: Yeah. If, and if you have a friend who you're going with, that's great. Now, what's really cool about that is, like I said, it's a perfectly normal thing. Friends help friends out. Even strangers help strangers out. You, make, you might make a new friend. You never know. But when you have to cut down your entire pool of cards to a quarter, it can get a little rough. Like, I know I have always have issues, like, cutting the last, like, three to four cards. It's like, ah, I can't really pick which ones I need to cut and not play. It's It's definitely something where just go into it with an open mind. Don't be afraid to ask, like, hey, what's your opinion on this one? So...
0: Yeah. Also, pre-releases are what we call open construction, which means you can change your deck in between rounds. So don't hesitate to say you finished the round early, to and you think things could have gone better, or maybe I want to try to play this card instead, to you know swap out some cards or you know adjust your land numbers or anything like that, if it make so that you have a better idea of you know how the game is supposed to
1: go. Yeah. Something you can do is chat with your opponent. Like you might have just finished your pl- playing, be like, oh yeah. Just chatting as you guys are getting your stuff put together and everything like that, you could just go, "Hey, what do you think about this this card or two that I might have been able to play instead?" Usually, they might be like, "Oh no, it's unplayable," or "Oh, you should be definitely playing that card." Because there's times where I know when I was first starting where someone's like, "Why aren't you playing that card?" Like, you open that card, that's an amazing card, you should play it. Or why are you playing this card? It does literally nothing for your deck. So just it, it's be true. aware. Oh, yeah, just be aware that like even experienced players will do the same kind of thing. Now, speaking of that, experienced remember, players, remember that open mind that we said too. That definitely is a factor for that kind of thing. Have a good attitude. Yeah. If um, someone wants to make a couple little suggestions, hey, they're probably just trying to help. Unless they're yeah. not being bossy about it, which gets into a great yeah. Area. If, if someone
0: if they start talking down to you
1: about why are you playing this unplayable garbage, that's a sign to not listen to them. Yeah, you might want to tune them out or at least be like, oh, hey, I need to get going kind of thing. Let, I'll, I'll buy. Speaking of garbage people, um, sometimes there are people at pre-releases um,
0: who take a little bit of a predatory approach to trades. Uh, because it's common practice at game stores. You, you finish around and your opponent goes, hey, do you have any trades on you? And, you know, they'll have a trade binder or you might have like a box of, tra- of like rares you're willing to trade. And A, pre-release prices for rares or cards are always absurd. And they always go down, 99% of the time, except for Jace. That son of a... Anyways. Corner case, corner case. <laughs> corner cases. Um, if you don't know the value of a card, ask someone else the value of the card. Don't make any trades without talking to someone who works at the shop, a friend you may have made, or looking it up online. Oh. Because some of these cards can have insane prices, especially the masterpieces. Because we, we didn't even touch on the masterpieces, because... Those can range for anywhere from thirty bucks at the minimum to like hundred and twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, so masterpieces are special cards that take a slot that will be at the very back of your packs when you're opening them up and they have a very like they have a very different card border you will know when you open up a masterpiece card. They're called N now
0: not all sets going forward have masterpieces, but for those that do have masterpieces, they'll be noticeable.
1: Yeah, for specific reasons with the Amaket and Hour of Devastation ones, they'll look kind of Egyptianish. You might not be able to read the card title. Just go with it. It's fine. (laughs) You can play them in your decks because they are not standard legal, however you may play them. That said, if you feel like you're getting taken advantage of for a trade, just don't do it. You don't have to trade. Also, keep in mind, if you're playing that card in your deck and you trade it away, you just traded a card you're playing with for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, don't make any trades
0: during the event. Make them after the event. That yeah, that's I mean, just, that's just another hard and fast rule that I have personally for any like limited event. If I open a card and I'm willing to trade it, I don't trade till I'm done
1: with the event. Yeah, just, be like hey, see me in a couple rounds, or if I'm leave, hey, if I'm like leave early, I'll poke over and be like, hey, I'm leaving. If you want to do that trade still, just let me know. But I would highly recommend if you're a new player, don't really trade. Yeah. Like, unless you have a buddy you, you came with, or you absolutely trust the owner of the store who could potentially be a, the arbiter between this trade. Um, for instance, people might try to say, use words, if you're not familiar with it, like TCG Mid. Now, there's a site called tcgplayer.com that is a third party retail kind of thing where people buy and sell cards, and that's basically how people, quote unquote, get the price for their cards. Be aware. Of that kind of thing. There are different sites out there. Some people might say SCG or Channel Fireball. There's a bunch of different places out there. Just be very careful. Yeah. Probably don't trade. <laughs>
0: Just on the safe side, you don't need to trade with anybody. Um, now, another big thing is be clear during gameplay about what's happening. Because the most common problems that happen in Magic all occur because of miscommunication. And now there's some miscommunication that if your opponent does is they are cheating. And if there's any miscommunication, you should A, call a judge just to make sure that they can clear up any sort of problems or disagreements that you and your opponent may have about certain card interactions or anything like that. But being clear about life totals like Ian suggested earlier or being clear about you know which what your creatures are or your lands untapped or your cards in hand. Just making sure that the stuff that is open information, quote-unquote, is open information and making sure that everyone knows that, hey, I have this many cards in hand or or these are the cards in my graveyard or these are my untapped lands. Making sure that everyone's clear about it is more important. And we could get into what is open information, what is derived information, what is hidden information in in like the magic, in like competitive magic words. But the point is, if it's face up on the table, everyone gets to know it. If they're hidden cards, if it's something that can be easily discerned, that's derived information. And if it's something that's hidden from one player, that's hidden information.
1: Yeah, there was recently a... actually pretty interesting Twitter question uh, that was posed. And just to keep it kind of brief, because card titles right now, you're not going to need to worry about them for your event. However, there is a certain card that looks at the number of different types of cards. So you might have a creature, a land, or whatever like that. This particular card looks for that particular thing in what's called a graveyard. So the question was posed like, hey, somebody said, asked, hey, what do you have in your graveyard? And they only mentioned part of that information, but they didn't say all of it. In a, in, it was determined whether or not it was done maliciously or the guy just forgot. So it's really kind of a case where it's just make sure. That, that was an example where the person wasn't being malicious.
0: Because they answered the way they were supposed to, even yeah. though the answer, even though the end result looks like that person's being kind of a dick.
1: Oh, on this point, if you want if you have a question about what a card is doing and your opponent has played something like, "Hey, hold on, can I see that card?" Absolutely ask if you can read their card. Um, they shouldn't have an issue necessarily with you being like, "Oh, hey, can I just see what that card does, please?" Or, hey, can I see what your graveyard is? Because that's out there and you can basically see what they have. It's already played. You should know what it is. Or you can just re-verify and make sure. It's not a bad thing to read the cards. Yeah. Uh, At big
0: magic, Magic events, sometimes Twitch chat and sometimes commentators, you know, like to give people guff for, you know, having to read the cards. And Magic's a complicated game with a lot of complicated cards. And reading the cards is not a bad thing. Reading the cards yeah. is necessary for understanding kind of how the cards work and how the cards interact. And like I said before, if you read a card and what your what your opponent said doesn't match up with what you think the card does, call a judge. And the judge will come over and explain it to you and explain to both you and your opponent kind of what these cards are doing. You know, wait, how much damage am I taking from this trample damage? Or, you know, oh, wait, that's what this card does and
1: so on and so forth. Yeah, it's one of the, the whole... Oh, we've got a reader. Stigma is absolutely bad and I do not like it. Yeah, it's um, really dumb. I have been I have been guilty in the past of like, the, oh, it's a reader. And now I'm like, now that I've kind of, you know, been around a little bit longer, I realize, okay, it's not cool, especially if you just need to like re-verify it's like, okay, this does yep, okay, just what I thought it did. Cool. And you hand the card back to your uh, opponent. Yeah. Now, remember, if you do ask to see a card your opponent ha- has played, please be careful with it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're not. Remember that they're their cards, not your cards, and you want to be careful. Uh, also, uh, this is more of a mechanical thing um, because you have to shuffle your deck and then hand it to your opponent, and then your opponent you get to offer your opponent to cut your deck. Very rarely during pre-releases, people will actually shuffle their opponent's decks. I'll admit sometimes I do it just out of habit. Um, if your opponent if your opponent says don't bridge their deck,
1: don't bridge shuffle their deck. Yeah, bridge shuffle is also riffle shuffle, or. Basically, right? if,
0: if you are going to be bending the cards, <laughs> be yeah, careful. don't
1: bend the cards. Like you can do what's called a mash shuffle, which is basically you take half the deck and half the deck and kind of just gently make mash sure them together. Make sh- <laughs> well, gently, but make sure they kind of fall in between the other ones and intersperse like bits and pe- like you know some of the cards and some of it. If you have a qu- if you want to know what it is, just Google mass sh- mass mash shuffling. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Anyway, but like we've mentioned too, judge calls. So, John, how do I call a judge? I know you're it's, a judge. It's really easy. You raise your hand and
0: you say judge in a loud but firm voice. Yeah. So,
1: and I will not I'm demonstrate do is,
0: because there's a microphone like six inches from my face.
1: Oh, same. <laughs> but which, when, you, when you raise your hand and you yell judge, make sure you leave your hand up. Because odds are what they'll do is when they hear judge, you can tell roughly from where it's coming in the room. But if you have your hand up, they can be like, "Eh, oh, there we go. Right there. And wait until they actually come to you. Because if, like, depending on how big the place is, they might just be like, oh, the guy's, like, three seats over from me. Or if it's a bigger place, it could be like, I have to weave my way through 15 tables to get there. Yeah. Just leave your hand up until they actually get there. Yeah.
0: And then uh, if you have any questions for judges, general practices is try to phrase them as yes-no questions. Because uh, that way the judge will be able to answer your questions easier. Um, judges can't, ans- can't get answer questions that would give you play advice. Yeah, they can't uh, give you straight so like, tips. <laughs> you can't ask, hey, judge, should I kill their creature? That That's a question that a judge cannot answer. But what they might be able ask, to answer
1: is, judge, can this card kill my opponent's creature at this time? Yeah. Be like, if it's an instant or a sorcery, be like, because... If it's on your opponent's turn, you might not be able to if it's a sorcery speed interaction.
0: Yeah, it basically, judges are there to make sure that everybody that both players have the same understanding of the game state. Because
1: So, so John, question for you as a judge. Okay. Some a player calls a judge. What do you what's your take if they say, hey, I'm new to playing? I have a question. Are you gonna be a little more lenient with your answers, or are you gonna kinda, of, you know? At a
0: pre-release, I might I might tend to be more lenient, but that would be a personal preference. Um, but it really depends on kind of what the question is. Like it, like if the question is, you know, my opponent has enchanted me with Torment of Scarabs. Do I draw my card before before this happens? That's a question that's easily answered. Um, and then I'm and then for if they're a new player, I would probably go into a little bit more detail about hey, your upkeep step happens before your draw step um which is why that which is why the interaction happens um or if their question is okay I attacked like this my opponent double blocked this creature do I get to choose which creature it kills I would be I would say yes and since this is a pre-release I might further say you know you can assign the damage however you want
1: yeah um, so it's just, just so little stuff like that again it it can all depend on who the judge you have is but it get it but here's the thing it does not hurt to ask at all yeah
0: not asking the question is the worst thing you could do.
1: Yeah, so judges are going to be there for questions like that, helping you out if, you know, you have potential issues. Oh, another important thing I just thought of. If you want to discuss something with a judge, but you don't want to do it within earshot of your opponent, you are more than welcome to get up from the table and ask if you can step away from out of earshot from your opponent.
0: Yep. I was actually at a event, and I asked a judge a question and uh, the judge was, did ask me, "Do you want to step away from the table?" To ask this question. Now, for this event, I really didn't. I really didn't mind because I was playing Mono Red. My opponent was playing Turbo Fog, which Turbo Fog is a deck that casts a bunch of spells that stop combat damage from happening. And I asked them. I asked the judge, "Could I see? Could I get a list of all the cards that prevent combat damage?" And the judge was. A, and the judges. That is something that the judge can do. And they pulled up the. They pulled up a list of all the cards that say prevent damage and I was able to scroll through it just fine.
1: Yeah. So there's there's many different things you can ask with a judge. As a newer player, probably just want to stick towards the basics of if you have a question about a card interaction or if you encounter an issue where you think something should happen but your opponent's like no, 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 it doesn't happen like that, just ask.
0: Yeah. And also being a new player, you might miss triggers. You might miss, you know, abilities and if that happens you know call the judge and and the judge will come over and we'll settle any disputes in hopefully the most amicable way possible this is being judged at regular rules enforcement level which means that most mistakes can be taken back like oh i forgot to put a counter on one of my opponent's creatures or oh i forgot to do this enter the battlefield ability or oh i we didn't realize that this cre- this tr- this creature triggered off of a land in my graveyard or whatever it is so
1: also- also, remember, though, for those kind of triggers and stuff like that, if you miss it and it happened like four turns ago, no, nah, you're probably not going to get it. Unless yeah, it's that's a little that, too late. <laughs> unless it's something that, like, should happen no matter what. There are a lot of maze, like, this may happen, or but if it's something that absolutely should happen and you realize you missed it, say, like, a discard trigger, like, you have to discard something for it, you might want to call A judge and be like hey i messed up or hey does this do this properly?" and
0: it is possible that there are times where you've gone too far that it is impossible to correct but that is more
1: of a that doesn't happen too much but and like we said to wrap it all up nice and neatly just have fun
0: yeah you're there to play you're, you're playing magic magic's a game what are games meant to be they're meant to be fun
1: now this will cost money yeah, pre
0: releases are about twenty five dollars, about
1: depending on the store. Twenty five to thirty, depending on price support. Now remember, it's costing you money, but you're also paying for not just the cards; you're paying for the experience, like the overall fun that you're having, the fact that the game store is hosting the event, that they have a judge there, and you know how they compensate for that kind of thing, if it, at all. But remember, they're there; you're there to have fun. You're there to play some magic. If you make some new friends, that's awesome. If you find out, eh, this game store isn't really for me, that's cool. If you have the option to go to other ones, I highly recommend just like taking a couple events, going to these smaller little events. Like you might want to do two pre-releases on a weekend. If you're new to an area, go to different ones for each pre-release. Like already go in with each one being different. If you like the first one, awesome. Remember that for the next event you go to. But if you wanna try this other one out just to see if they might be a little bit better or have a certain other kind of atmosphere that you might like. I mean, you might like store one, great. But if store two has just a slight bit a bit better in terms of like might be a little more accessible in terms of traffic or you like the layout better or the store owner seems nicer. Just, you know, get out there. As someone in the military, I've had to move around a couple times while I've been playing. I had to find new game stores in the area It took me a while. I still haven't technically found a true local game store for me uh, just because there's one that's 20 minutes south of me. There's a couple that are 25 minutes just north of me that I would go to. Heck, I might even go to Seattle, which is 45 minutes to an hour away, depending on traffic, to go to stuff like Mox Boarding House. It really depends on where you want to go. If you have some friends that play in the area, just explore. Don't just... Feel pigeonholed into one store. If unfortunately you live in a er, er, a rural area where there is only one game store within a reasonable drive, sorry. Um, there
0: there are there is magic online for that, which is a little bit less of a you know personal experience than that a pre release tends to be. Uh, also of note, uh, most local game stores offer two headed giant events where you and a buddy can team up and build a joint sealed deck and then play against other teams. Uh, there are special rules for two headed giant, which we. Don't really want to get it, which I really don't want to get into. Uh, but basically, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Ian and I did a Two Headed Giant pre release, or not, a Two Headed Giant sealed event when we were in Vegas, which was Modern Masters II. 2. Two years ago. Yeah, Oof. two years ago. Crazy. And you told me earlier that you're probably doing one with Lindsay this weekend.
1: Yeah, so I'm doing one with my girlfriend this weekend. Uh, actually, I already booked both a regular pre release on Saturday and a Two Headed Giant on Sunday. I'll be at Card Kingdom which is now Mox Boarding House because they rebranded in Seattle at 5 p.m. on uh, Saturday. And then I'll be at the other Mox Boarding House on Sunday for the Two-Headed Giant. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. If you happen to be a listener of the show and you see me there, feel free to say hi. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so to kind of just recap on everything, pre-release before the event, make sure you know where and when you're going for your pre-release where your store is. You have options to pick from if you want to look at the cards before you go there's card image galleries out there there's also podcasts and uh articles written about reviews also make sure you get some rest and eat i personally recommend drinking a lot of water the night before i know i have an issue where like i drink a lot of water when i'm playing magic just because i get that way <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely a good thing to help not get headaches or just you know feeling as well as you can to play or also, getting cranky oh yeah
0: or angry to quote <laughs> the to old quote.
1: <laughs> also scope out any food places nearby make sure you have supplies you know like a life pad a pen i recommend having multiple pens make sure you have some dice if you don't need if you don't have dice already and you don't have sleeves or a play mat you can buy them at the store usually it's going to be cheap at most picking up some dice and sleeves should run you about 10 bucks at the most just have a good attitude. Make sure you bring, you can bring some snacks. Bring a backpack. Make sure – oh, man. I don't know why I wouldn't say this before. But make sure if you bring a backpack or you bring a purse or a knapsack or any kind of like bag, keep it under your de- under your f- seat between your legs.
0: Yeah, there's not usually a bunch of people who like to steal, but there have been um, stories at more high-profile events um, that were where people stole, stole backpacks and whatnot. Personal uh, just belongings, be careful. Per,
1: personal belongings have a potential to grow legs and walk away. Yeah, just, just be careful. Just be your stuff. Wear your surroundings, that kind of thing. So during the event, John, John, just give a rundown during-wise what you might want to look out for.
0: So make sure that you have six booster packs as well as the pre-release Stamped Foil, Rare, or Mythic, which you can play in your deck if you, if you choose to. Um, remember that you need to build a minimum 40-card deck. Uh, that you can change in between rounds. Uh, Again, you want to run roughly 23 spells to 17 lands. Um, Remember, this is the first time that anyone outside of Wizards has played with the cards, so people are going to make mistakes. And if there are any miscommunications about, you know, oh, I thought it was your turn, or oh, I thought we were in combat, or oh, what does this card do, or oh, that's a weird interaction, call a judge, they'll be able to settle everything, and read the cards, because reading the card usually explains the card. And usually that phrase tends to be kind of, like, like demeaning, where it's like, reading the card explains the card. But literally, reading the cards explains the cards. Like, if you have no jokes.
1: And if you have a question, just call a judge.
0: Also, if this is your first pre-release, you there are probably better Magic players than you at the event, and you're probably going to lose. But remember that losses are going to happen, and even the best Magic players lose sometime.
1: Oh, yeah. And the biggest thing of all... Just have fun. Go in with a good attitude. Just go have some fun playing Magic. It's a great game. If this is your first event, welcome to the community. Seriously. Yeah. Welcome, and just have a ball. It's a great community. I enjoy it. That's why I do a podcast about it. That's why I moderate a lot of Twitch channels about it, or for yeah. it because it's just a ton of fun, and I'm always happy to see new players get in. And then, in a few weeks, you'll come back and listen to us talk about the Pro Tour. Oh, yeah. And then you might find out what standard's going on. And then if you get more interested in other older formats, you might look into that. We have other podcasts for that as well. And then you'll develop
0: opinions about the change to the block model and how we're only going to large sets
1: going forward. Oh, my gosh, John. You're getting too deep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then you complain about every card because every card is not Lightning Bolt
1: Yeah. or Doom Blade or whatever. But that's that's for another time magic players after. tend to be
0: negative nancies except for that except for that one uh thread i found on reddit today where basically they turned um they turned the the refrain
1: from devil went down to georgia to be Nicopolis i saw that that was pretty good occasionally <laughs> uh, i lost gets it pretty witty but yeah again like i said welcome to the community welcome to playing i hope you have a great pre-release i know i'm looking forward to it it's always fun cracking open some packs of a new set it is always a blast now, you've listened to this. If you want to hear from us again, Ian, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, like I've mentioned the site before. It's not all terrible, but Twitter at Dixon IJ, that's D I X O N I J. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix, D I X. I know John and I are going to try at some point this week. We have five Friday. days. We have five days we're gonna do four a, days as of recording <laughs> oh, we're gonna do a co-stream of the current magic online vintage cube so if you guys want to tune in for that i will be on hosted through my channel uh john where can they find you
0: you guys can find me on twitter at j wiley 129 that is j w i l e y 129 i'm also on twitch by the same handle um again i've i recorded the draft but i still have not edited it and made sure that it works so that is still becoming a proof of concept at some point but if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on twi- on Twitter, excuse me, at Eyes of the Mize. or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesethemies at gmail.com. We would love to hear hear how we best can improve a podcast for you, our listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to y'all next time.